What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. We got two games today. Game three of the ALDS has happened today. We have the Rangers winning the series over the Baltimore Orioles. We had the Astros and Twins playing today as well. I'm joined, as always, by Alex Curry. And Alex, it was a big day around baseball. We got a couple game threes, and we already have our first team advancing Mm -hmm. out of the division series round. Texas Rangers beating the Baltimore Orioles, sweeping them. They have not lost a game yet this playoffs, and they are advancing to the ALCS. I think the craziest thing for the Rangers is they had never swept a playoff series in franchise history until this year, and they have now swept back-to-back series. Hats off to the Texas Rangers because the last week of the regular season was not some of their best work, but the moment the postseason started, they have turned into a completely different team. The team that we saw for that chunk of the season where they were one of the best teams in baseball. Well, they were one of the best teams in baseball for that chunk of the season because of their offense. Yeah. And that's what we've seen from them over the last few days, over the last couple of weeks, really, since the playoffs started. Uh, look, they, they put up 18 runs in the last two games of this series. Yep. And they did enough in game one of the series to win in Baltimore. And, and then their offense just takes over, right? And, and that's what we've seen from them. Uh, the usual candidates and usual suspects and Corey Seager and Marcus mm-hmm. Simeon, but... Uh, Evan Carter, fantastic. Evan Carter adds a totally new dynamic to this Rangers offense. You got a 21-year-old kid. He just turned 21. That is one of the best players already in baseball at working counts, getting deep into counts, um, putting pitches in a pitcher. Uh, I've been super impressed by him. Adelis Garcia, a big game tonight, Mm -hmm. uh, hit a home run that we saw, uh, which was huge for the Rangers. The offense has been firing on all cylinders. And when the Rangers' offense is firing on all, on all cylinders, they're really difficult to beat. And that's what, that's what made them one of the best teams in baseball. It's what they live and die by, yeah. right? And literally with them this year. They live and die by the offense. That series in Seattle to end the year, they couldn't score. We saw them lose that series and lose the division because of it. But when they're going well, they're really tough to beat. And we saw the pitching do enough this series as well, including in Game 3. Nate Evaldi was awesome. Mm-hmm. Jordan Montgomery's been great throughout the playoffs. The Rangers, hats off to them. Like you said, Alex, they had never swept a playoff series ever. In, in their franchise history. history. And they, they've now done it twice in the span of a week and a half. Uh-huh. Congratulations to them. They did four of their five victories were all on the road. Yeah. Two in Tampa against a team that many people were saying would beat the Rangers. Then you go and play the best team in the American League all year long mm-hmm. in the Baltimore Orioles. They went two on the road there in that crazy environment. Yep. And then they finally get a home game. And guess what? They end up winning the series, advancing, and getting to celebrate there down on the field. And uh, we got to see the live celebrations here and, and be a part of that. Um, this has been a, a cool day for the Rangers. For I sure. mean, how special is it for these fans? They've, as you mentioned, Four playoff games they have had. Not one has been at home. And the first one that they have at home, they clinch and move on to the ALCS. But if you were to have told (laughs) Rangers fans, hey, you're going to get to the ALCS and your pitching's also going to be great, but you're not going to have Jacob deGrom and you're not going to have Max Scherzer. Your two aces that you picked up throughout this year, that was the question mark. That was the big concern heading into the postseason. And their pitching has been lights out. Well, imagine, Alex, imagine being a Rangers fan the day before the season. Yeah. And somebody telling you, hey, you're going to end up in the ALCS. But 
you're not going to have Jacob deGrom, and Max Scherzer's going to be out too. You'd say, well, that's not good about deGrom, and how the hell did we get Max Scherzer? Uh And now here we are, and that's been exactly the case. Jacob deGrom out for the year, obviously, with the injury. Max Scherzer ends up being traded to the team at the trade deadline, one of the biggest trades we saw, and he gets hurt. Now they haven't had him. The, the Rangers front office deserves so much credit for how they constructed this team. And I had my doubts. Yeah. I had my worries. Everyone I did. I thought they threw too much at Jacob deGrom mm-hmm. with the risk that came about there. Yep. And I won't disagree with that. That ended up being right. But they didn't end up needing him to get to where they have. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. And they deserve so much credit for the pieces they added around him. Right? For what they did to the offense. Uh, for when they brought guys up at the right time, and for adding Bruce Bochy to all of this. Probably been, the biggest pickup. Probably the biggest pickup. And, and again, I, I mentioned Max Scherzer being the biggest pickup at the trade deadline. Yeah. Well, right now, Jordan Montgomery's looking like yep. the biggest pickup at the trade deadline for how good he's been in these playoffs. I just think the front office deserves so much credit. We'll obviously give a lot of credit to this team, but Bruce Bochy and that front office for what they've done to the Rangers this year, this has been a two-year turnaround. Yeah. We talk about the Orioles and how fast their turnaround was. Within three years. Yeah, the 100-plus loss season to then the 100-win season all within three seasons. The first time that's ever happened in MLB history. But yeah, you got to talk about the Rangers as well. Being kind of in a similar position where everyone counted them out. No one thought they could get to the postseason, let alone get far into the postseason. So I have to ask, is this where the experience and inexperience really comes into play because, yeah, okay, the Rangers don't have a ton of playoff experience over the last couple of years, but they have pieces and players who have that experience, especially your leader in Bruce Bochy. And I think think that came to play. Mm -hmm. I I really do think that came into play. And, um, you know, I, I think it's less about what the Rangers do have, though their stars have playoff experience, right? Corey Seager... Um, obviously, Max Scherzer being in the dugout. Yeah. Um, Jordan Montgomery, playoff experience. Nate Eovaldi, tons of playoff experience. You look all around the field. Yeah, they have guys that are young and, yeah. and don't, but plenty of guys that do. And you look at the Baltimore Orioles, where's that playoff experience coming from? Aaron Hicks? Is that what, I mean, yeah, I get they do have some pieces that have mm-hmm. playoff experience, but yeah. like, not your guys. Uh-uh. The whole core is young, yeah. right? And that's a huge part of, of what we saw here is I just felt like from, from the very beginning, from the first pitch of game one of this series, the Orioles just seemed a bit, um, a, a inexperienced. bit inexperienced. There, there's the really, moment was too big, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and we've heard yeah. all, you know, John Smoltz says, has said it on Flippin' Bass for the last two weeks he's been on. And We've heard all the MLB on Fox pregame guys talk about it and heard Derek Jeter talk about it. And by the way, Derek Jeter coming out tomorrow. Interviewed him, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, But you've heard Derek Jeter talk about it. What what changes in the playoffs? Like, it's a different game. How Mm -hmm. do you handle it? And his answer is, well, you don't change. But it's almost impossible not to. Yeah. And the more and more experience you get, and that's what he says. That's why Jeter said he's, he's so good in the playoffs. Well, I was, I was in the playoffs as a, as a kid. Yeah. And I was, I was there for my whole career. Uh-huh. So you just build on these experiences. And if you're a Baltimore Orioles fan, of course 
you're frustrated, you're upset, you're devastated, you're the number one seed and you get swept in the DS. But all this is, is experience for your young guys Mm -hmm. that will come back next year. They will be in the playoffs. Chip on their shoulder. They'll have a chip on their shoulder and they'll have the experience of this year Mm -hmm. and how to handle that. And I just think the Rangers came in with all those games being played, all the momentum after that first round. Next thing you know, they're going up against a team that when those lights turn on in game one, look, it's batter number one, two strikes on the batter, and everybody's standing. The towels are going crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And those young, young, inexperienced players, I think it got the best of them a little bit. And uh, yeah, the Orioles end up getting swept in the series. And there's a real conversation to be had there. Pitching. It's just pitching. Yeah. I was saying it. All year? At the I trade was, deadline. At the trade deadline? Get, some, get an ace. Look, <laughs> I, Jack Flaherty wasn't the answer. Yeah. Right? And that's what I was saying in the moment. This team is so ready to win. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have the pitching that they needed to to get the job done. And Jack Flaherty just didn't feel like the answer at the trade deadline. You, guess how many games Jack Flaherty started in, in the playoffs for... For the for the Orioles, zero. You know, like yeah. this is it, it was it was a frustrating. Um, it, it was just frustrating to watch the way the Orioles went about it. I thought they needed to go get an ace. I thought they needed an ace of a staff type guy, and mm-hmm. they didn't go get it. And I do think that hurt them. And you can say, well, the offense all along wasn't there. They didn't do what they needed to do. We talked about it the other day. The offense, they, they feed off of each other, right? Yeah. And when you come to the plate every single day, down, down six runs. I mean, look at tonight. They were down six runs after the second inning. Then you're constantly feeling like you are playing catch-up. Mm-hmm. And with a really young offense that's also really experienced, inexperienced in the playoffs, it just makes it super difficult. And I would love to see them this offseason. Um, go out and add pitching. Go out and add a Corbin Burns, yeah. who I think will be available and, and a good guy to go get. Um, yeah, it's just, it, I think it's just, it, it was the lack of an experience and pitching for the Baltimore Orioles. Well, let's keep talking about pitching and experience, but on the other side, right? We saw him in the dugout, Max Scherzer. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's coming back from the same injury that your brother dealt with at the beginning of the season, which took your brother. Four, five starts and a rehab assignment to get back to normal. The Rangers are saying that Max Scherzer threw a pain-free bullpen and could be available in this next series. He has not pitched a game since September 12th. Where would you put him in this rotation right now with a team that has just been rolling and red hot and the guys who have stepped up on the mound have been lights out for you. Yeah, I, I, I've thought a good bit about this because what, what we were told and what came out publicly is that Max Scherzer is not going to be available for the ALDS. Yeah. But if they advance, he should be available. And everything's looked good. He's thrown a pain-free bullpen. He's thrown a, a he's thrown in, in batting practice. Like, he's, he's done some things. Not the same as pitching in a live game. Agreed. And you know who also did those things? Justin. And that was before... Yeah. He went out on a rehab assignment and yeah. then came back and still wasn't himself for probably a few weeks. So we're just expecting Max Scherzer to, to go straight from that, straight from a pain-free bullpen to 
the biggest game of, of the season for, for the Rangers? I don't know. So I, I have wondered, what do you do? Mm-hmm. So their final game of the DS was on Tuesday. First game of the CS is going to be on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So Nadia Valdi was fantastic Tuesday. His normal rest yeah. would be Sunday. So I think we end up seeing Evaldi going in game one. You should. And then I honestly. Montgomery? I, I think we go. I think you go Montgomery is my guess. And I, I almost wonder, like, the Rangers are craving. They're begging for a number three starter to step up. Yeah. So I, I almost think you throw Scherzer in that game. But I don't know if they're saying he'll, he'll be available if it's maybe like a bullpen. Also, like, how many innings is he going to be available? How many? What, what's his pitch count going to be? Right. Because this is his first game back. You, I can't imagine him going more than three, three and a half innings. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. So that's why I wonder, like, the first time we see Max, might it be on the road and out of the bullpen? Has he done that before? Yeah. Beginning of his career. Okay. Uh, postseason, we've, we've seen it from him. So I don't, I don't know what you do with him, but... Those fans expecting, oh, great, we're getting Max Scherzer back. Let's not just expect Max Scherzer to be the game one starter in the ALCS for the Texas Rangers and him be Hall of Fame Max Scherzer. Yeah. My brother went through this exact same thing at the beginning of the season. It kept him out for a month. In spring training. Very into spring training and first month of the season. Yeah. Kept him out for a month, goes on a rehab assignment, comes back, has to build up his pitch count. He's clearly not on. He's not on. Mm-mm. It took him another few weeks to even feel like he was himself again. So let's not just expect Max Scherzer to jump in here and be right back to where he was. I would absolutely go Nate Eovaldi in game one if I'm the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And by the way, tonight, we saw him uh, historically good. 77, yeah. over 76% strike percentage, which is the second highest all-time beside, behind Andy Pettit. You have, to, you have to have him on the mound in game one. Filling you up have the to. zone. You have to. When someone's hot like that and helping your team basically sweep the postseason so far to get to this point, confidence-wise, you have to be like, hey, you're our guy. You've gotten us here. You're, here's the ball. Game one. Let's go. Right? Look, we've, we've talked. It's something. The postseason's a different ball game. You got players that step up, and yeah. you got players at the moment gets the best of them. Nadia Valdi has proven for years now and when the playoffs are here, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. I would absolutely give him the ball in game one in the ALCS. Yeah, congratulations to Texas. And what a fan to just be a baseball fan in Texas. Yeah. You got the Rangers clinching today, and then you have the Astros, who took a 2-1 series lead over the Twins. Yeah, so the Houston Astros in a, in a big, we, we talked a lot about the percentages, right, of yeah. who has the advantage and, the Twins winning game two of that series gained a huge advantage there. And go mm-hmm. back home having all the confidence in the world. Well, the one problem with that, Alex, and the one problem with all these percentages yeah. is that the Houston Astros play better on the road than <laughs> yeah. they do at home. I forgot about that. They were I, so I, much better on the road this year yeah. than they were at home. They've been so much better on the road in the postseason. They get out on the road. And they have just fully embraced that villain role that's been thrown on them now for for years. They go on the road. They get booed. They embrace it. They love it. They dominate on the road. So throw all the statistics out the window. Oh, the Twins are heading home with with all the confidence in the world after winning one game. That is true. And they should have. But let's not forget, 
the Houston Astros are better on the road, and they're the better team. And that's what we saw. We saw them immediately come out, put up four runs. Jose Abreu, three-run homer in the first inning. It was 4-0 before the Twins could even blink. Yeah. And that's the problem with the Astros. They don't go away. Mm-mm. They love playing on the road. They've embraced the road. And now the Astros are one win away from seven straight ALCSs. Now, still one win away. Mm-hmm. You got two games left to win one. Twins could obviously come back and win this series, but a huge game for the Astros. I mean, this is where the postseason experience really comes into play. Yep. The Astros have that experience. The Twins, they have Carlos Correa, who has that experience. But ultimately, what did you say? The Astros are inevitable. It's just what it is. Every single day, they can have a different guy step up. But it's been Jordan Alvarez having one of the best offensive performances in postseason history that also gave them a huge boost today. Yeah, look, Jordan has been... Jordan has been unbelievable this yeah. postseason. And through the first three games here, he's got the tied for the second highest OPS in postseason history in a series. Highest slugging percentage for the through the first three games. His slugging has been off the charts. His OPS are off the charts. An OPS of over two. 2.205 OPS. 2.250 yeah. through the first three games in this series. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's unheard of. In 12 at-bats, he has a 500 batting average. As you mentioned, 2.205 OPS, four home runs, six RBI. Like, he is red hot. Yeah, and and we've seen it time and time again. We saw it in this postseason already, and I've I've said it before. If you're the opposing team and you get this bright idea to warm up a left-handed pitcher to bring in against (laughs) Jordan, just don't do it. Or do it for the Astros. Or do it for for the entertainment value of it because it's been – it doesn't fail, Mm-mm. or it, it never fails for, for, for Jordan. Yeah. It fails for the team every single time they do it. So he's been historically good again today with a home run for, for Jordan Alvarez. And look, Jamison Tyon, pitcher in the big leagues, said, my playoff baseball observation, Jordan Alvarez is out of this world good and somehow feels underrated. When he's going like this, not much you can do but hope he hits it 110 miles an hour on a line drive <laughs> right at someone. And that's that feels yeah, true it with is. Jordan when, when the postseason comes around. And I will say, I don't disagree with his statement of underrated. Yeah. I, I really don't. I, I think people know Jordan. I think they know he's good. But this guy, this guy right now is this guy is the best hitter in baseball. And and there's no doubt currently, absolutely. Um, it's been Unbelievable for Jordan, and if he's this hot, the Astros aren't going to be beat. So, okay, tomorrow, the Astros have a chance to clinch and move on to play the Rangers in the ALDS, in the ALCS. Yeah. The Twins, what do the Twins have to do to avoid that? What do the Astros have to do to make sure that happens? The Twins, what you got to do is just force the madness of a do-or-die game five. When you force a game five, all bets are off, yeah. right? The Astros, obviously, the series goes back home. You'll probably have Justin on the mound in a game five. But really, once you get to that do-or-die game, all bets are off. It's a, it's a toss-up at that point. So if you're the Twins, get to a game five and get through the first two innings of the game without giving up a run. Mm-hmm. That's what needs to happen. 
get through the first couple innings and leave your team with a chance to, to add on it and get a lead. But game three, Alex, it just feels like in a best of five series, mm-hmm. game three is the turning point. It is. One way or another. And we've talked about the percentages. The Twins winning game two, yeah. winning one of two on the road, they go back home with a 68% chance of winning the series, yeah. right? Because then you get the next two at home. Well, the game three winner has a 71% chance of winning the series altogether. 71.7% chance to win that series if you win game three. I mean, you also have to factor in the fact that the Astros are better on the road. Right. Well, that that, adds in a whole new element. That's a whole different (laughs) ballgame. So this is going to be a fun one tomorrow. We've got three games, three series happening tomorrow. It would have been a four-pack. But, yeah, but know, Rangers. Obviously, Rangers-Orioles wrapped up early. Got uh, it done. So, yeah, we get three games tomorrow. All the remaining games, we get um, we get one series that there will definitely not be a clinching situation, and that's Braves-Phillies, which is the best series we got going right now. I, that series is— That one feels like it's going to go five. It really does. But all the other ones, uh, Dodgers-D-backs, that Ooh. one could end tomorrow. This one— Astros and Twins, that could end tomorrow. So we have those three going. Um, but yeah, Alex, my, my takeaway from, from today is just, um, I, I don't know. I just It's not sitting well with me, the, the Orioles' performance in the playoffs. It's just That's not. That's the inexperience. And, and it is. The moment was it, too big. Yeah. I know you're sad because you wanted to go in the birdbath. Let's be honest. That's why you're really upset. Yeah. And I, I know, And I know you love the young team, so, but. Yeah, but again, they're just a, they're just now another number on the statistic. You know, the they won 101 games this year. The Orioles went 101 and 61 this season. One of just a few teams to win over 100 games. And the theme, and this is one of the craziest things, one of the craziest stats we got going in baseball playoffs right now. Over the last, in the last 20 chances, yeah, teams that have won 100 or more games in the regular season aren't even advancing one round in the playoffs. 11 of the last 20. Now 12 of the last 21 are not advancing at least one round. And guess what? We could have another one tallied onto that tomorrow. If If the the Dodgers Dodgers don't advance, then it'd be 13 of the last 22 teams to win 100 or more games are not advancing. I'm not that surprised because if you think about it, if you're winning 100 plus games, that means you're clinching your postseason berth yeah. pretty early on. So that means there is a couple weeks of the regular season that you're playing not meaningful games. You can say, oh, we're still playing, we're trying, but you're not fighting for a spot to get into the postseason. That fight is a different mentality than, oh, we're in, we're just coasting, we're going to win some games, it's going to be great. No, because then you have to completely turn that mentality around three weeks later yeah. and after a bye yeah. to then try to get back to that fighting just mid-season form. And it's just, it's not the same. I do I do agree with that, but I would say it's more so a factor on the other side. Those other teams are coming in while being in, they have yeah. been playing for their lives. Yeah. So yeah, it is a factor of, well, what if they, you know, like they've had the division wrapped up for three weeks now, and then they're just got to turn it on. Yes, but they can turn it on. Like that does, that is able to happen. But on the contrary, it's we didn't even know if we were getting the playoffs two yeah. days ago. Yeah. And now we're here. 
We're playing with all the momentum of us being able to get here. We have all the confidence in the world. So it's like this weird combination of a team that hasn't been playing for anything that's now playing for their lives yeah. and a team that's already been playing for their lives for a month. That's what we saw last year, too, with the Phillies getting into the World Series. We saw it often mm -hmm. last year. Three times it happened last year with the Dodgers, Braves, and Mets. Yeah. They all didn't advance a round. We saw the Phillies mm -hmm. beat we, we saw the Phillies beat that Braves team. We saw the Padres beat that Dodgers team and the Mets. I mean, those teams that come in playing for their lives. And I, I really do think that is a factor here with the Baltimore Orioles. Is one, the inexperience, and two, the layoff that they had to do while not playing for much down yeah. the stretch either. Um, has gone on to, to them. And, and really, um, I just want to say me for not getting to go to the bird bath. <laughs> that's what I said off the top. I was like, I know that's why you're really upset. That's, that's is you're not the... going to get to experience uh, spring, spring break Ben in the bird bath with your beer bong. Spring break, yes. With your white T-shirt. SBB, spring break Ben. Ben never got a spring break in he college. Did it. I he know. Just keep playing baseball. I know. And never stopped. But that was it. Yeah, you know, I was frustrated. You, you see, the game was seven to one. You know, the Orioles are down yeah. by six Blow plus out. runs at one point. Gunnar Henderson gets on base and starts turning on the the faucet like yeah. they always do. You better turn that faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need some water that a, quick. That was a soft turn. We need turn some on. runs quick. Um, so yeah, uh, not not great for the Orioles, and and now you got the Twins, the the Twins with their backs against the wall as well. All right, let's wrap things up with our top three players of the day, starting with number three, Nathan Evaldi. Just a lights-out performance for Texas. Playoff Nate. There ain't no beaten playoff Nate. Seven innings pitched, five hits, only one earned run, seven strikeouts, zero walks. I told you about his strike percentage. One of the best strike percentages that we've ever seen in the playoffs, behind only Andy Pettit. Yeah. And he's got three of the top 14. I mean, this guy... I'm telling you, there's certain players you just know. Mm -hmm. Carlos Correa is one of them. Yep. Calendar turns to October. Guess what? Carlos shows up. Yep. Derek Jeter, David Ortiz, you just know when the calendar turns to October, they're showing up. Nathan Eovaldi is another one of those guys. We've seen it for years, and we saw it again today. Seven innings, zero, or zero walks, only one earned run. Number two is also one of those guys. Having one of the best offensive performances in postseason history, Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, Jordan is only number two on this list, although he is having one of the best off one of the best offensive series series yeah. that we have ever seen. Three for five with a homer today, two doubles on top of the home run, and RBI to boot. I this is as locked in as I have ever seen anyone. Mm -hmm. Ever. And there's just no if if I'm the twins, Stop pitching to him. <laughs> I'm serious. Stop pitching to the guy. You put him on first base. Look at the Astros. Justin's laughing in the dugout. Like this yeah. guy's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I can't believe they're pitching to him. It's good. Stop good doing for the it. Astros. Yeah, it's great if you're the Astros, but if you're the Twins, if I'm a Twins fan, I'm like, look, look, I can tell you right now, this guy's gonna hit something hard somewhere. Yep. And if nobody's on base, just pitch around him. Mm -hmm. It's getting ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm all for it. We're seeing one of the best offensive performances that we've seen ever. Uh, but Jordan is number two. And number one player of the day, Jose Abreu. Yeah, Jose Abreu with his two home runs, mm -hmm. five RBIs, a three-run homer in the first inning of the game before you blink if yeah. you're the Twins, before you can even come up to the plate and in front of your home crowd for the first time in an ALDS this year, 
You're you're behind four nothing. Bye. It was just like, oh, okay. Astros are going to win this one. And you just Jose, felt it. Yeah, and Jose Abreu, uh, obviously a huge part of that. That first inning, the three-run homer, hit a homer later in the game, five RBIs. So, uh, Jose Abreu, my number one player of the day, Nathan Eovaldi, Jordan Alvarez, and Jose Abreu. That's great. What a lineup. What a day. <laughs> it was. It was a great day. You had a great day because you also talked to the captain today. I did. I talked to uh, one of the coolest moments uh, that I have had here for, for Flippin' Bats and, and the years that I have done this now is being able to talk to, to Derek Jeter, a new co-worker of ours yep. here at Fox. And he's on that MLB on Fox team doing a great job with, you know, KB, Poppy, A-Rod himself. They, they've been great together. And to have him come up here on the set of Flippin' Bats and talk to him for, for a while and, and ask him so many questions about, you know, playing in the postseason and, and the Yankees and his iconic plays throughout mm-hmm. his career and, and some stories from throughout his career. Uh, one of the coolest things I have ever gotten to do, and uh, that actually comes out tomorrow, right around 3 p.m. Eastern time, noon Pacific, the interview with Derek Jeter comes out. So uh, I hope everybody checks that out because that was super special for me. And uh, it was a really, really awesome conversation for sure. Good job. Thank you. Good work, team. I can't wait to listen to it. And he's awesome, by he's, the way. He's, I, he, met him, I met him in the makeup room. The kindest human. Comes up, shakes your hand. Great yeah. to meet you. I'm like, oh, yeah, I work with Ben Berlin. He's like, I'm coming on your show on Tuesday. <laughs> I was like, great. Awesome. He, can't wait. He came up here and shook everybody's hand. Yeah. He was the nicest guy. He was so gracious with his time. and Big and fan the of answers. the human. Big fan. Yeah. The captain, number yeah. two, Derek Jeter, tomorrow on Flippin' Bats. Make sure you check that out. But also tomorrow on Flippin' Bats, we will be back after the last out of the final game. In fact, if the last game is a clinching scenario and the team that's going to win is clinching, well, we will be live again uh, right as that is happening I... for the last few outs of the game. I hope but not. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we will be live tomorrow night with another episode of Flippin' Bats breaking it all down, all the games that take place tomorrow. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Uh, but that does it for another episode of Flipping Bats. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, including YouTube, where you can watch every single thing we do. But that does it for this show today. Tomorrow, Derek Jeter joins Flipping Bats, and we will be live at the end of the night as well. Until then, my friends, peace.